Luke's Gospel, reading from chapter 2, verse 1. It's on the screen if you want to follow, and a little bit later we'll be looking at a couple of verses in Matthew. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. What a great story, an account of the entering in of Jesus. I've, I've called this, uh, this message, uh, Gathered All Around, and I wanted to particularly uh, focus a little bit, if we, uh, Chris can um, put up my little PowerPoint, still in Christmas season, uh, Gathered All Around, uh, it's the nativity scene. And I wanted to, to look this morning at just a few, well, actually all of them, if we can, some of the characters. But I wonder if you had a nativity scene at home, still out? Has uh, any of them gone missing? Uh, little fingers. But there are, there are kind of some interesting takes on the nativity scene. Here are some. Uh, does anyone uh, know who they are? Yeah, that's Bart in the middle in the manger. That's the Simpsons. People uh, love to... To, to give a kind of rendition of, uh, of this scene of gathered all around. Uh, it's because it's, uh, you know, who these are? Veggie tails. Veggie tails have gone out of vogue now, haven't they? You're looking mystified, aren't you? Like, who are they? Uh, Google them, you'll find out some amazing things with veggie tails. And they sing, vegetables that sing uh, about Jesus and God's story. So there's veggie tails nativity. What about. <laughs> it's kind of creative, I thought. Christmas dinner nativity, perhaps. Uh, sausage nativity, um, bacon, pork. Anyway, uh, gathered all around. And um, what, about, uh, what about that one, hey, for the pet lovers? 
You're not so keen on that, are you? <laughs> bit mystifying. Can you see it all right? And then the, the last one, this is for those artistic uh, amongst us. And uh, there we go. What do you make of that? <laughs> Minimalist, cubist. They all speak of gathered all around. Lots of familiarity, lots of recognized things, scenes, characters, that tableau that is formed of the manger scene, the manger scene. But I wanted to focus a little bit on each one of them of gathered all around because it's not just a happenstance, but there's something wonderful about each of those principal people. I, I could call out and kind of like do a, uh, an interactive sermon and jump around my notes, but that might confuse myself as well as you. So I've picked on, on some key ones. So who, who, who are the kind of less obvious ones? Or the kind of like, oh yeah, it's a bit like, this is why the, the cat trying to get in the door was kind of it's significant this morning. The, the, the animals are gathered there because Jesus is in uh, a home, that, uh, a stable or in the upper room, and it was a place where people would gather their, their, their livestock in. Um, and as such, there were probably sheep and goats, uh, maybe a donkey, you know, we can extend that, maybe a camel uh, when the, the, the wise men, the magi appear. Um, you know, who, who knows if there was a cat about trying to get in? But there's also the star. It's pictured there by the stick, I think. But the star. Obviously, the star is the guide that the, the wise men follow from the east. We'll pick up that a little bit later. But also, the animals gathered around the manger. The manger. I think there's probably a lesson there for us to gather. They're not just accidental. You see, in the coming of Jesus, the long-promised, heralded, expected Messiah, the Savior, Jesus who saves people from their sin, the rescuer, there's a great work of salvation afoot. And that is to do with people, but more. But way back in Genesis chapters uh, 1 and 2, when God created everything and, and uh, it was wonderful and beautiful and perfect and glorious and um, harmonious, God with, with Adam and Eve, God uh, with the world, each other with the world, harmony. And through Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, when they chose to go their own way, choose to put themselves at the center, not God's. That expression, we will decide what's right. We will choose to run our own lives. A brokenness occurred. A fracture occurred, not only with Adam and Eve and humanity's relationship with God, but more widely. We're told that the impact of sin, the, the impact uh, percolated, rippled out. It's like a rock being thrown in a pond or lake. The ripple effect spreads. That the brokenness is beyond repair. In Genesis 3, we're left with that question, what will God do? Will he abandon? Will he walk away? Will he wash his hands clean and say, just let them stew in their own devices? No. He institutes and speaks and begins to announce of a rescue plan, the plan of salvation. That goes further than the impact of sin. As far 
as sin's ripples go, God's salvation plan goes further. What do I mean? In one of the carols that we sing, we kind of cut one of the verses out, Joy to the World. We sung it over, over Christmas. We, we cut out the third verse often, because partly for time, um, but also we kind of think, oh, what, why? The words are these, the verse three of the carol, the hymn, Joy to the World. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessing flow far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. That this brokenness, this sin that contaminates, God in Jesus comes to rescue, to restore, to right. From the sin of one man, the whole creation is fractured through one man. The rescuer Jesus, things are put right. Romans chapter 8 talks about how the, the creation has been frustrated since that time and is almost, it's crying out like in the pain of childbirth, waiting for that moment. Humans, of course, human beings are at the center of God's plan. The target of the person, but the ripple effect of God, Jesus, of humanity is to human society. When we speak of the kingdom of God, when we speak of the Old Testament, and when we read of God's plans and purposes, it isn't just about the individual and the single. It's about how we relate as neighbors. It's about how we trade. It's about how we care, how we look after the orphan and the widow and the, uh, and the most vulnerable in society, of how we deal with justice and mercy. But there's more. It speaks of the shalom, the whole peace that God intends and brings through the rescuing child Jesus to the whole of creation. The animals and even the star gathered in our little nativity tableau, gathered all around, remind us the Savior has come for us and for this world. The rescue plan. And of course, we, we, we have the shepherds. I'm not entirely sure. what The grey one on the block on the, uh, on the left, perhaps. Uh, the shepherds. Jesus, we're told at the announcement at night, to the shepherds on the hills of, of Bethlehem. It's easy to idealize them, and we, we do wonderfully with tea towels and small children in our nativity scenes. But they, they weren't so reputable. They were, in the day and age of Jesus, dishonest. I mean, generalizing perhaps, if you're part of the shepherd's union. Uh, they were seen as untrustworthy. They were denied uh, rights that uh, in, in uh, Jesus' time, the, the Jewish shepherds weren't able uh, to be witnesses nor act as a judge. They weren't people you would do business with. They were seen as the marginal, the outside, on the very edge of society. It's a bit like we would see now as perhaps um, travelers or, or gypsies. I'm not advocating this as a right response, but say, trying to make a, a link for us to understand. It's like all oh, those people who come and go 
And when they come, maybe we're a little bit more anxious because they're transient, they're migrants. When there's people we don't know what their culture is and what they're like, and maybe they seem rough and different, we tend to be frightened. I find it astonishing that the announcement by the angels is to the shepherds. What do we learn about God? Why? Because that's God's nature. That's God's nature to be kind. That's God's nature to come to those who have the least reputation. That's God's repeated desire to announce to those with least favor, who are most pushed aside, most overlooked, most looked down upon, To say, I love you. My favor is upon you. I don't mind about your reputation or your status or where you fit in the grand pile of humanity. That no one is too far gone or too much of a failure for God to announce good news to. No one is so far from God that he can't reach out to them. No one is too hard that God can't soften their hearts. That's good news gathered around, all around. I wonder if you're of the praying sort, and I hope you are. Are you praying? And maybe call to mind someone you think, they'll never get in. They're too hard of heart, too far gone. The gap seems too large for us nice, respectable church folk. But gathered all around at the manger, we remember the gospel comes not into a church, but into the hurly-burly, the nitty-gritty brokenness. Are you the praying sword, asking God to touch hearts again this Christmas? And, and indeed, as we've just been hearing into 2019 of the mission and the, the continued call for us to go and reach out to make disciples. To pray that that wondrous announcement of the angels of good news would touch and soften hearts again. I'm reminded that God's hands are always those of welcome. No matter what faith or lack of faith or reputation, high or low, when they're gathered all around, anyone and everyone. Who else is there? Well, in, a, in our little tableau, we, we of course have, have Joseph. The most understated, perhaps, in the story. The one who just sits there and smiles knowingly at Mary. Matthew. Matthew's gospel records more of, of what we hear about, uh, about Joseph, but we, we know very little about him. In some senses, we don't know whether he was an older uh, man pledged to be married to Mary, a younger teenage bride. We don't know whether he himself was a teenager. We do know that he was a carpenter. We know in in the story in chapter 1 of Matthew, this is how the birth of Jesus, uh, the Messiah, came about. It may come up on the screen, it may not, but hear the story. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. 
through the Holy Spirit. But Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want her to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. Joseph, this understated character gathered all around, Think about it. We've been announced through angels that the Holy Spirit will overshadow Mary. She will conceive a child. And she she says, yes. But Joseph's key to the story too. Of course, God is entrusting Jesus to Mary. But equally, he's entrusting his son to Joseph. Adopted dad. Stepfather, dad, to this man. Why? Well, it, it is a big deal. Mary is, is pregnant. Joseph realizes. Culturally, he, he could have called the, the elders and they, they could have uh, publicly shamed her, shunned her, pushed her out, assumed her to be unfaithful, cut her off from her own family, destitute and outcast. But Joseph, did you hear it? said he's faithful to the law, but merciful. He didn't want her to be ashamed or cut off. He could have divorced her quietly, privately, but didn't. An angel came. But it's worth noting in Joseph, as we, as we gather around the nativity scene, he is righteous to the law, but also acts with mercy like God the Father. That Joseph had integrity. He was a carpenter, I suspect, and imagine from what we know of him. Maybe you think this is extending beyond scripture, perhaps. But I think of Joseph as honorable In business as a carpenter, he wasn't a corner cutter, if you know what I mean. Obviously, he cut corners on tables. (laughs) But in business, in dealings with customers, he he wasn't acting dishonorably. That he had integrity. That you could count on what Joseph said. Not a shadow of doubt, no hint of crookedness, integrity, and mercy in the man entrusted to raise Jesus. A picture for any parent, male or female, of the role of Jesus, uh, Joseph gathered around. Let's move to, to Mary. We're, we're, we're gathering through the characters I mean, Mary was there at the birth of Jesus, (laughs) literally, obviously. But her story begins just slightly before. We're not told what she's doing. She's a a teenager, but 
an angel comes and announces to her in verses chapter 1 of Luke. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let it be for me. As Mary is in our tableau, she reminds us that that happiness and fulfillment isn't actually about what we want. She's called blessed, blessed. A reminder at this Christmas season particularly that the key to happiness is not what I want. Think about it. Did you write your Christmas wish list this year? Well, children mostly do, and we don't. We've learned to be disappointed and pretend we like socks and underpants, basically. Uh, If getting what I want is what Christmas is about, why are the Boxing Day shops so full? Got to have more. Got to have the next to be fulfilled. I noticed a number of people posting their wonderful uh, kind of bargain. Oh, it's the greatest bargain that I got on Boxing Day. And I fought my way to the till. Satisfied. But I suspect very soon they'll be back to the shops for the next. You see, happiness in Christmas gets the heart of the story. It's not getting what we want, that we can be, we can only be truly fulfilled when we realize where we need to put our focus. You see, it's not about getting our own way. It's not even about happiness if our life goes to plan. You know, we make life goals. And think, well, if I get to this step, it will go to plan. Not so Mary. She's a young teenage girl. She's pledged to be married to Joseph. I'm sure she was glad about that. But Mary responded to the angel's announcement. May it be done to me according to your will. Let it be. Countercultural. It's not about her running the show or calling the shots Or being in charge of me, my destiny, what I want to get out of life. She said, whatever you want to God, I will follow him. See, that's at the heart of the Christian mystery, this call to follow God, this call to put Jesus at the center. The key, actually, to happiness and fulfillment is to give up and to give over our will, our desires. Say, not my will, but yours be done. I don't know if you heard the news story of Sister Wendy Beckett on the run-up to Christmas. 
She was an art historian. Uh, they, you know, she was a Carmelite nun. She lived in a wood. She was 88, and uh, she used to kind of talk about art. That was one of her passions. And uh, I was listening to a feature, a biography about her. She said she didn't rehearse. She wasn't scripted. She just turned up. And they took one take, and she talked about it, and she was kind of quirky and eccentric, and she was horrified by her fame and, and how people warmed to her. But there's a quote on the radio that, that I heard. She said, as she lived in her forest quietly, shunning everything but her Lord, she said, I found such joy in my life. Such great joy. With the glimpse of Mary gathered in that manger scene is a reminder that God's plan is good. God's plan is good for your life. That you can't make up a better plan. There's no better way or strategy that you could think of or surmise or come to that will outdo God's plan. Happiness, blessedness, fulfillment. Is coming, surrendering, and say, I give myself to Jesus. The other characters, well, we have the Magi, perhaps three, perhaps more, we don't know. They, they came from the east. They, they brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, perhaps up to two years later, Matthew is the one who records that s- story. Just a few passing thoughts. They prioritized seeking him. It wasn't that they just said, oh, that's a nice idea. And then went back to their daily living. They prioritized seeking him. They let the Lord Jesus interrupt their lives and say, we will journey for this Jesus. Some people think, they, well, we don't really know how far they came, but they, they saw the star, they understood because they were wise that something uh, profound was happening. Perhaps they were left from the, the exile in Babylon. They had a Jewish, perhaps, background and understanding of the messianic hope and prophecies. Some people speculate they came from even further from the east. The major reminders, Jesus interrupts life. And they come with their gifts and worship the newborn king. A reminder in the, in the Magi that, that all peoples come to Jesus. He's not just for the Jewish race. He's not just for a particular time, but for all peoples in all places through all times. Over Christmas, I, I heard uh, again the U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. By the streets have no name. The Magi, the wise, in their searching, found the King of Kings. And last, but by no means least, obviously, Jesus. Get in the picture, gathered all around. Jesus at the center. Why did he come? Because of the need for salvation. Above all things, his name, Jesus, the one who saves, the one who rescues. What the world needs is Jesus. We have so many messages in the world today conflicting and saying, no, no, this is what we need. This is what we need. Don't consider him. It's Jesus. 
there in that in those cloths in the manger God's rescue plan the son of God that for all of us whether we we realize it or not the deepest need of all of us is to be saved of every human being that deep desire to be made right to be found to know that we're not alone to know that we're purposed and loved and rescued so many people say well how can you say that well think about it well sometimes people say well my life will be complete if i if i have a relationship a soulmate true love that will that will be the right thing and then be everything will become right or maybe it's to have a child. If only I had a child, then, then that would be okay. Or the right job, or there enough money, or to be healed or restored in some way. See, the, the problem with that is that everywhere we look, and the testimony of those who have entered into those commitments, I'm not saying many of those are wrong, but they don't answer that deep yearning, that desire to be known, to be saved, to be healed, to be restored. That's Jesus, the center of the picture. What do I mean? Have you ever get what, got what you wanted? Christmas. Did you get what you wanted? Is your life now satisfied and you have no more wants? Entirely. Maybe you've thought, if only I got married, and then you did. And my life is now complete. There are no more problems. Plain sailing. Or if only I had a child. They will be constant joy to me. They will never be a pain. They will be entirely wonderful. Christmas message gathered all around. God says to all of us, the Savior is here. Jesus. The Savior to you and to me and to this world. Jesus. Look who's come. My son sent to the world, the Savior, the one who would be born and live and be raised and teach and show and die and rise. Look to me, Savior. Come to me. Just as those gathered in the Christmas nativity scene have come to him, gathered around. Surrender to him. That he will free us from all fear. He will be the destination and fulfillment of that longing search each one has. To trust him in everything, gathered all around. I pray from one of the characters in the story, you've heard something of the Lord speak. You've heard a reflection, a recognition of yourself, or been challenged afresh as we embark upon 2019. Let's pray together.